0: Morning, everyone. Morning, and very welcome to our Toy Sunday service when we donate toys to the Vine Center. And again, the generosity I've been looking at it this morning, the generosity of this congregation amazes me. So well done, and thank you. And uh, if anybody still has some toys down there, a little later on in the service, they'll get an opportunity to bring them up. But uh, it's a bit of a cold one this morning, isn't it? I remember when I was at Cape and Ray many years ago. There were ten guys. We were all living in this one. It was like a hall, and um, it, it was freezing cold. They called it the zoo because it had big, big beams that we could haul ourselves up onto. But we, we some, some guy came up with this decision, this idea. Let's all bring our beds all over onto the one side, and so that when we all breathe together, we'll heat ourselves up. So feel free to cuddle up with someone beside you and breathe over them if you want to to get the heat going. Just call it Close Fellowship. But uh, can I just thank those who decorated the church um, during the week. It's looking beautiful. Thank you very much. And uh, for Darini as well, especially, and her team for the banners that she has made, they have made and, and erected Ballycroc and Men's Fellowship meets next Saturday, that's the 9th of December at 9am in Bangor Golf Club. The guest speaker is our very own Bob McElroy, so uh, please uh, let Bill Aiken know if you plan to attend. Please remember our community carol service, that's the Christmas tree light up, it'll be held uh, on Saturday beginning at half past four. And uh, Brass Band will be playing. And uh, come along, bring your family, bring your friends. And uh, if it is too cold, if it is too wet, we'll be coming inside. OK, so also we, we need, if anybody's available to serve tea and mince pies or a wee bit of chocolate or whatever you do, uh, could you please let Jim McKnight know? Because we're really low on that this year. Uh, we're grateful to the congregation for the ongoing support from members of the congregation of Storehouse North Down, and they've made a special appeal, though, for items this Christmas, for Christmas hampers. And if you can't help, please see the order of service sheet for details. The Christmas distribution is available for collection from the church kitchen. Um, also, some of the distributors are not able to deliver this time. We would appreciate help from two or three people just to fill in those gaps and if you can't help please speak to pat woods thank you for that um just one more announcement um oh sorry i've uh, i just saw tom there i'm gonna invite tom to come up he's gonna make an announcement um about live stream
1: Good morning, everybody. I want to begin by thanking the team members who provide our audiovisual services for worship and who live stream our services every Sunday, as well as other services and for special events. I'm saying this in as honest a way as I can. I think their hard work and their commitment is second to none. And you know, because they're so dependable, we take them for granted. And I'm going to ask you to show your appreciation for all that they do. (laughs) Live streaming, which has been going on for a long, long time, became a development in churches uh, in response to COVID and lockdown. And I think one of the things that wasn't foreseen was the dependency that some of our members now have on the live stream each week. Um, You'll know those who are housebound, those who are ill, even for short periods, they have got to the stage where they look to the weekly live stream as a way of worshiping with fellow Christians and a way of keeping in touch with the church family. Now our live stream team uh, which you will see week by week at the back at the media desk, has been depleted by some members going to university in England, some moving away, and some deciding to serve the congregation in other ways. We need three people at the desk each Sunday. From the end of the month, this month, we will only have three people to call on. And if one of them's unwell or away for any reason, we may not be able to live stream. And I want to make you fully aware of that. It's not that it's a technical problem, there is a people problem. Now, this morning I'm appealing for volunteers to join the team. There's no age limit, there's no prior experience needed because you will be trained fully if you volunteer. And of course, if you have any relevant experience then that would be great. But I'm appealing for volunteers from within the church family and from your family members and friends who may not necessarily belong to Ballycrocken but who would be willing to help us as we are in dire straits. Please consider the appeal prayerfully. Contact me if you know someone or you would be interested in playing a vital role in our ministry both in church and to those at home. As I said a moment ago, if we don't get more volunteers, the future for some of our members who really depend on livestream will be reduced to a blank screen and greater isolation. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.
0: Thank you, Tom. Uh, just one more announcement uh, with regards to Abana, who are coming and doing a concert here on the 2nd of February. Um, Tom Henry was saying last week about, or the week before, that we need someone, some families to host children. We've so far, we've got 10 children hosted, and we've got 20 children coming. Uh, So I know if it was me, if my children were out in Uganda for the rules were reversed, I'd like to think that families would be able to take them into a nice warm home rather than them having to be in a hall. And sleep in a hall so I just I'm just appealing to you that would you let me know uh, it would be lovely and they will I'm telling you they will be a blessing to you very well behaved children and you'll find it hard to let them go actually the next day so if you can do it would you let me know as soon as possible because if, if we can't fill those gap, gaps I want to give you first refusal but it's also the Baptists might come in and help and Sil- Silver Birch evangelical, but it is such a blessing. I want to give you first refusal. Please let me know if you can do that. Thank you. So let me just start our service by reading First Chronicles chapter 29 um, verses 11 to 12. And the service today is about the, the majesty of God, about how God is overall, how God is in control. Um, let me read this passage to you from God's Word. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. So as you know, it's beginning of Advent and uh, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Uh, They that follow me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. (coughs) And thinking of his majesty, as we just read about there, his power, his glory, Um, and yet he comes as a little baby to us, to connect with us. And he's here by his spirit this morning to connect with us. Let's, Let's pray. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you that you came. And we pray, Lord, today, Holy Spirit, teach us more about his lovely name may you be glorified touch us today open our hearts today to receive from you but also to bless you in jesus name we pray amen so we're going to sing um a little town of bethlehem As you know, each Presbyterian church has a United Appeal target to meet each year. Our target given to us this year is 8,138 pounds. So far, we have uh, reached 6,600. That means we still need 1,538. And I know that the United Appeal gave a considerable amount of money um, for the building of this church and also to help with To pay for Ben's wages. Um, It's difficult for me to ask for all these things, especially at this time of year when money's tight. Um, Please forgive me for that, but it's just something that we we need to try and reach this target. It's a very worthwhile cause. Many people maybe don't understand just how much is used um, of our money for such lovely things that the Presbyterian Church are doing across the world. So here's a little short video of what the money is used for. Ben, going to invite Ben up for the children's address Uh, Good Good morning
2: boys and girls Also if you have a toy for Toy Sunday If your parents have given you one And you have it and you want to bring it up to the tree Please do bring that up with you Also boys and girls As you're bringing that up I'd also like you to bring One of your parents up with you Who's with you this morning Could be a grandparent But bring someone up with you who's here with you this morning. Come on up. Yes, yes, you can bring the stuff up to the tree just as long as one of you folks is up with them as well. Thank you. Oh, look at this. Heather's now become one of the kids. Thank you. Brilliant! All right, boys and girls, and mums, dads, grannies, granddads, whoever's up with them, if you want to take a seat, that would be brilliant. Thank you. I can see the looks of dread on mums and dads and grannies and granddads' faces. Okay. Brilliant. Good morning. Hello. So, boys and girls, usually when you're at home, your mums and dads, grannies and granddads, they tell you What you should do don't they they say do the dishes make your bed well this morning I'm gonna let you tell them what to do and so you're gonna be able to tell them to do something in front of the church this morning and so we'll start with you Jessica what would you like for your granny Linda to do for us this morning anything within reason (laughs) what would you like her to do Do you want her to show her best dance moves? Yeah. Okay, so Linda, you've been told what you're to do. So I want you to get up and show us your best dance moves. Woo! Brilliant, well done. Okay, now Daisy, what would you like Granda William to do? You want him to dance as well? Brilliant! (laughs) William, up you get, yep. (laughs) It's going to be hard to beat Linda. Oh! Brilliant. Now, Grayson, what would you like for Emma to do, for your mum today? Nothing. Nothing? What a lovely son that is. You'll be very thankful. Well, you've done very well at doing. Give her a round of applause for doing nothing. Thank you. And finally, what would you like for your mummy to do? You'd like her to give you a big cuddle? Oh, that's brilliant. Very cute. Well, boys and girls, who like telling their parents what to do? It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. We like to be the boss, don't we? We like to tell other people what to do. Well, What do you call the person in charge of the country we live in, who wears a big funny hat called a crown? What do you call him? The king. Okay, here's another question. Who is in charge, not just of our country, but of the whole world, of the whole universe? Yes, exactly. God is the boss of the whole world. And you know something, boys and girls? The Bible says God didn't need to go to school because God already knows everything. Isn't that cool? Who knows everything? Whoa, you must be very smart. Well, God knows absolutely everything. And the Bible also says God can do anything. Whoa, isn't that amazing? Absolutely anything God can do. And the Bible also says that Jesus is the best ever king. And that we should listen to him. Because I know we don't like it when our mums or dads, our teachers, grannies and grandmas, when they tell us off, we don't like that. We don't like it when we think that we know better. But you see, any time they tell us off, it's often because they want what's best for us. And they know more than us. For example, who here thinks that they could go into a sweet shop and eat everything? Wouldn't that be great? I think I could do that go into a candy store, just eat everything. But what would happen if you did that? What would happen if you ate all the sweets? You'd be very sick. Yeah, it wouldn't be good for you. So even though it would taste really good, it wouldn't be good for you. So your mum and dad would say, no, you're not to eat all the sweets. And you see, sometimes we don't like that. And in the same way, we don't like it when the Bible, when God speaks to us and says, you should do something or you shouldn't do something, we don't like that because we want to be the boss. We want to tell God what we want to do. But the Bible is there because God knows what's best for us. And God wants what's best for you, boys and girls. And what's best for you is his son, Jesus. And Jesus will always show you a better way. And so you should listen to him because he can do all things and he knows all things. So we're wanting you to remember four words to take away today just four you think you can remember four words yeah no one's the head god is in control can you say that god is in control in other words he's the boss and he can do anything And so we're now going to sing about that, My God is so big. And there's actions to this, so we'll do the actions. Mums and dads, please do the actions as well. Okay, we'll sing My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. On your feet.
3: My God is so big strong and so mighty, there's nothing that he cannot do.
2: My God
3: is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing that he cannot do. The mountains are his, the mountains are his, the stars are his handiwork too. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing that he cannot do.
2: My God is
3: so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing that he cannot do.
2: My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's
3: nothing that he cannot do called you to live by him every day in all that you say and you do my god is so big so strong and so
2: mighty there's nothing that he cannot do all right boys and girls you can go out to sunday school and bible class now
0: I'm going to invite Florence to come and Florence is going to do our Old Testament reading for us this morning.
4: Our reading this morning is taken from Isaiah 43, verses one and two. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not get burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Praise the Lord for these readings.
0: Thank you, Florence. Um, I was round with Maureen Greer during the week, um, because today is about God being in control. God is overall, And sometimes it feels that he's not there and it's tough, but he is there. He's in control. And I thought of Maureen because Maureen has gone through some tough times and I thought I asked her if she could share a little bit with us on how she's got through those tough times. So we're just going to watch a very short video which, of Maureen.
4: I can answer your question about how I've got through this difficult time. If you like with one word or an actual fact one name, and that's Jesus, the greatest friend anyone can I ever have. He wakens me every morning and I'm still learning to be thankful for that, depending on how I feel. Gets me up. He provides everything I need throughout the day, not necessarily what I want. But he sees my tears, my fears, you know, my anger and frustrations, and even the times I try to sort things out by myself. And yet, through all of that, he tells me how much he loves me. And there's, times that he just gently whispers come on I'm with you and then there's other times that he shouts to get my attention like an Isaiah he told me quit worrying that's why he said it. I would say that the greatest thing that I've learned through all of this is really enjoying his presence and realising how much he is with you every day I'm a good Presbyterian so, I can give you three things which have helped and mm-hmm. helped. And the first one's prayer. And the start of this two and a half years ago, uh, the pain I had was just around mm-hmm. us. And I could barely think and breathe, never mind, pray. So, it was all of your prayers that carried me through that. And then last year, when I went into hospital, I was one I would say, two that for two weeks. And Mark and John Armstrong can testify to that. Um, so it was definitely your prayers that brought me through that and just in time to actually wake up to have my operation. So I would just like to thank you all for your prayers and encourage you to keep on praying. And the second one is the Word of God. I mean, Scripture is really so indescribably powerful. Um, my favourite books are the Psalms and Isaiah, and one of the Psalms it says, his faithful promises are your armour. And I would really encourage you to find out what promises he gives you, because you'll need them. Because when you under attack them when you're dying and go through difficulties, you need to stand on those scriptures, on those promises. Um, I have a favourite one, Um, in Isaiah, and it says, you know this one, it says, don't be afraid, for I have ransomed you, I have caught you by name, you are mine. It's not just marvelous, he knows each one of us by name. just blows my mind. And then he says, when you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. Notice it's when, not if, and through, not around it or over it or under it and he also says in one of the psalms what i want from you is your true thanks i want your promises fulfilled i want you to trust me in your times of trouble so that i can rescue you and you can give me glory and i think that's what makes it all worthwhile if we can give him glory we can glorify him and through that then the lovers see him and need him. That's, that, that's what it's all about. And the one that I use quite a lot, because it's a real struggle at times, again, is in Isaiah, I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord is my strength and my song. And that brings me to the last one, is a song, because praise and music, I think, is so important wonderful as well and it's amazing how many times if you're dying or not, no matter how you feel if you put some music on it just changes your whole your whole attitude and turns your eyes to jesus it doesn't necessarily mean it changes the circumstances but he helps you through them and he's always given me a song with the song at the moment that i've got and i think it's because it's christmas and with
0: the trouble in the world, and it's a song called "I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day" by Casting Crimes. It's good to hear Maureen and she has been through tough times, and I'm sure you can identify with her. And uh, you know, she's really a blessing. Every time I meet her and go with her and pray with her, she's such a blessing. So what we're going to, we're going to sing a very appropriate uh, song that's called Lord I Need You. And this is a prayer, it's not just a song. I'd like to read from Daniel, Daniel chapter 1, Daniel chapter 1 verses 1 to 8. Daniel chapter 1 verses 1 to 8. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table, They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. Among these were some from Judah Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Nazariah. The chief official gave them new names to Daniel, the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, uh, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel, resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. To to grasp the the impact of this passage, you need really to understand the mindset of the people uh, in the Middle Eastern lands back then. For them, war was as much about battle between the gods as it was about battle between men and as far as they were concerned whatever side won their gods were seen as superior their gods were seen as stronger and in the shoes of those living in babylon or living in judah the babylonians that wrecked their beloved jerusalem it looked like god yahweh had lost had been totally defeated had been totally humiliated and the Babylonian gods had absolute victory. But Daniel, is he's very careful in how he writes this report. Verse 2, he writes, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Now, here Daniel doesn't use the word Yahweh for the name of God. Here he uses the word Adonai which means ruler, which means one who is in control, one who is sovereign. And Daniel is deliberately pointing out here that this is not a case of God being caught off guard. This is not something which took God by surprise. But rather, this is something which Adonai, which God has done. There is something which God has done here and by handing over Jerusalem and Judah into the hands of the Babylonians. And as the broken walls of Jerusalem, they lie in ruins, and as the temple is completely destroyed, you could easily conclude that God has been totally defeated, totally humiliated. But Daniel says, no, that's not the case here. God has deliberately handed Judah over. It's part of the tapestry of the bigger picture. God is working behind the scenes in ways that we do not understand. And he's saying, be assured, God is in control. Now, Randy Stonehill, I'm giving me age away here, but Randy Stonehill, is, in one of his songs, he writes, stop the world, I want to get off. This is too weird for me. This is too weird for me. And do you ever feel that? Do you ever feel when you watch the news or you read what's on social media, it feels like we're losing grip our grip on logic and common sense, like our sense of morality, has become totally numbed. This is too weird for me. And we're living in troubled times. But as Christians, we don't need the despair. We do not need the despair because God is still in control. And what is true for the world at large is also true to us as individuals, as believers. No matter what it is you are facing, whether it's something in your personal life or your work life or your family life, God is in control. No matter how bad the situation you are in, no matter how distressing the report may have been from the hospital last week, God is in control, working behind the scenes in ways that we don't understand. On a dull and cloudy day, it may feel like the sun has gone away, but the sun is still there doing its work. It's, it hasn't gone on holiday, and sometimes we feel like God has gone on holiday, but He's still there. Be assured He is still there. He is still in control. Hebrews 1 verse three, the writer tells us that God upholds all things by the word of His power. No matter how bleak your circumstances can be, God is still on the throne. God is in control. And here King Nebuchadnezzar, he orders a man, Aspenaz. He's a high servant to the king. And he's given all these jobs to do, really important jobs. And his, this job was to kidnap, to kidnap some of the children of Israel. And he is to capture young men in whom there was no blemish. They were to be good looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, and quick to understand. And the king is wanting to take some of the cream of the crop, basically, of the Hebrew people, take the best of them all, and to bring them and train them up and to, so that they would serve in the court of the king in Babylon. You know, we're not sure how many were taken. In commentaries, you may find it ranges from between 50 and 1,000. We don't know. But they have to be young, they're to be strong, they're to be educated, they're to be intelligent. And Daniel was probably about 15 years old when he was taken. He, he survives the whole captivity, um, so which lasts 70 years. So we are he he's about f- 15 years old when he was taken. And Aspinel takes them from their homes. He takes them over 870 miles away. And he's given the responsibility of training these young men to become good pagan Babylonian men that can serve in the king's court. He's to teach them and train them in the way of the Chaldeans. They're to learn a new language. They are taught a new worldview. They're they're being absorbed in a new culture, a pagan culture. And nebuchadnezzar's plan is that three years should take that's all it will take he reckons three years should train them into men who are willing and ready to serve him in his court a new culture a pagan culture so mums and dads are gone brothers and sisters are gone from these young lads they're taken into a different culture hundreds of miles away Hopefully, three years down the line, they'll be able to serve in a pagan culture. And they'll forget all about Israel. They'll forget all about their God back there in Jerusalem. So, you'll notice in verse 6 that those taken captive, they they were given new names. They were given new names. Daniel, whose name means God is my judge, that's the Hebrew, is given the new name Belshazzar, which means Baal, protect the king's life. Now that's, that's a, a pagan god, Baal. Hananiah, whose name means Yahweh is gracious, is given the new name Shadrach, which means command of Aku. Aku was a Babylonian god. Mishael, whose name means who is what God is, is given the new name Meshach, which means who is what Aku is, again, a pagan god. Azariah, his name means Yahweh is my help. He's given the new name Abednego, which means servant of Nebo, and Nebo was a Babylonian god also. I want you to see what's happening here. I want you to see what's happening. This is a big challenge. This is a big battle. This is a deliberate act by the Babylonians. Their original names all point to God, to Yahweh. Their original names all include something of God's nature, something of God's character, and they all point in the direction of God. Now, the new names all point to pagan gods, to Baal and Aku and Nebo. They're taking these young men, they're re-educating them, they're brainwashing them in the ways of Babylon with new names, an entirely new culture, an entirely new lifestyle, away from what they'd been taught back in Jerusalem. But one thing Daniel would not go along with was eating the king's choice food and the king's wine. In verse 8 we read, But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's food or the king's wine. Now, that's very surprising, because up to this point, his three friends had gone along with everything. They'd gone to the language classes of the new language, the Chaldean language. They'd never missed a class. They'd experienced a new system of education. They'd seen life through the eyes of a pagan culture. They never, ever complained even when they got new names. But now Daniel refuses to eat of the king's choice food, of the king's new wine. You know, he says, I'm not going to do that. He draws a line in the sand. You know, I'm not going to eat the king's choice food or the king's choice wine. Now, you know, I like my food. And uh, I think if it had been me, i'd have been thinking well i'm living here i'm away from my family i'm away from my culture what i'm used to i'm living in a pagan culture i fancy some of the king's food i fancy the steaks and the pavlovas and everything that's going the best stuff i'm going to enjoy myself here and i'm going to eat the drink eat and drink the king's wine and food but uh you know, here Daniel says, I'm not going to do that. I'm drawing a line, and there are three reasons, basically, why he won't do it. First of all, some of the food would have been classed as unclean, according to the Levitical laws. Secondly, the food was sacrificed, had already been sacrificed, to pagan gods. And Daniel was not willing to participate in worship to pagan gods and um, by eating the food sacrificed to them. And thirdly, and I think this is the most important one, Daniel and his friends, they saw this as an opportunity to really glorify God. Um, in, this, you know, in this, we want God to be the victor. We want God to be seen victorious. If they could manage to come out stronger in spite of not eating the delicious king's food, stronger than those who did, God would be seen as victor. God would be seen as the one who was to be glorified. He'd be the winner of the battle. They'd see him as victorious. And in such dark days, Daniel and his three friends, they knew in their hearts that God was sovereign. They knew in their hearts that God was in control. Um, A bit like a, a, a quote, a famous quote from Franklin Roosevelt when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. He said, no matter how long it may take us to overcome this premeditated invasion, the American people, in their righteous might, will win through to absolute victory. And Daniel knew. He knew in his heart, and so did his friends, that God eventually would win through to absolute victory. But I want you to notice here that Daniel and his friends, they made up their minds beforehand that they were not going to defile themselves with the king's food. Real temptation reveals our true colors. Real persecution reveals what our personal convictions are. They made up their mind beforehand not to give in to temptation because they knew it would grieve God. No, I'm not doing that. And they decided that beforehand. And it's important that you make up your mind, that I make up my mind, before we face temptation, that you'll not defile yourself um, with the things of this world. Because if you wait, if you go into a situation where you're going to be tempted and you haven't decided what you're going to do, you're liable to fall. You're liable to give in to temptation. You know... (laughs) We can all be emotional when we think of Jesus, we think of what he went through, we think of the tears on his back, we think of the nails in his hands and his feet. And it's very easy, it would be really strange if us as Christians, we weren't emotional in that. But the only objective um, way of measuring how much we love Jesus and how much we love the Father is by obedience. That's the only objective way of proving our love for him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Real temptation, real persecution shows our true colors. Now, in verse 9, we're told God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. God granted them favor. In other words, God put it in this man's heart, Asphenah's heart, to, to grant favor to these boys. In other words, it's like basically he was saying to them, I have great respect for you young men, you know, I really do. Uh, But if your faces are going to be glum, if you're going to be withdrawn because you're only eating vegetables, and the king notices that you're glum and you're sad and you're withdrawn and you're weaker than the others, I could literally lose my head. And Daniel says, "We'll test us for 10 days then. Give us 10 days. And after 10 days, you check between us and those other boys that are eating all the king's choice meals. You check and see who's stronger. And so as agreed. You know, God had caused this man to have compassion for Daniel and his friends. Do you know what? Sometimes God grants rewards because we have obeyed him. Sometimes he really gives us tangible ways that we can see that God is honoring us because we've obeyed him. But sometimes he doesn't. And it's not that he's not pleased with our obedience, but our obedience to Christ is our reward. The blessing we have when we obey Christ, whether or not it benefits us in some tangible way, Having the blessing of a clear conscience is in itself our reward. Knowing that we are pleasing our Savior, that is our reward. That is our reward. Stephen was obedient. What happened to him? Well, he was stoned to death. Peter was obedient. What happened to him? Well, he was crucified upside down. Paul was obedient. What happened to him? Well, he was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he was imprisoned and ultimately executed. But pleasing Jesus Christ is the way we're taught in Scripture to live, to please him, whether we're going to get a reward out of it or not. Our obedience is our reward. And uh, that's how God wants us to live and, and to glorify him so daniel and his friends they only eat vegetables 10 days and then aspenaz he tests them alongside those others who are eating the king's best food and some have made it this into some people have made this into a diet a daniel diet because they're only eating vegetables that's what we're meant to eat we're meant to be all vegetarians but that's not the point that's not the point what the point is that daniel and his friends didn't prosper because of the food, they prospered in spite of the food. And as far as Daniel was concerned, if they shone, if they looked stronger, if they looked better just from eating vegetables, this this can only be the hand of God. This can only be God's doing. And God will receive the glory. God will receive the credit. And it'll be victory for him. It'll be one nil for Yahweh. And we read in verse 15, at the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So they were allowed to continue eating only vegetables. And then after three years of training, all the trainees that were brought, brought from Jerusalem, from Judah, all of them that had gone through all of the training, they were brought before the king. And this would be the final showdown. The king interviewed them all, one by one, and were told, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And in fact, we're told in verse 20 that in areas of wisdom and understanding, he found them ten times better than all the rest. This was a victory for those who worshipped Yahweh. This is how it would have been seen in the Middle East. Just like when you won a battle, oh, the gods are stronger with those that are victorious. Here, Daniel and, Meshach, or Daniel and Hananiah and Mishael and, and Azariah, they'd brought this victory and they glorified God in the situation. They knew God was in control. They knew God was in control, that God would be sovereign. But, you know, just in closing, the battle, the battle above all battles was still to come when a child would be born in Bethlehem and his name would be called Wonderful, his name would be called Counselor, his name would be called Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The battle above all battles would reach its climax on a hill called Calvary. And to everyone standing watching this crucifixion, watching this awful situation, this torturous death, it spoke of defeat, it spoke of disillusionment, it spoke of pity and despair. And as followers walked home that day, there must have been not just grief for a friend that it had lost, but there must have been total disillusionment. Total discouragement. The circumstances that day seemed to say clearly this was absolute and utter failure. Back to the drawing board and expect another Messiah. But God is sovereign and God is overall. He is Adonai, He is the one who is in control. No matter how long it may take, God will win through to absolute victory. And three days later, Jesus rose from the dead and the powers of darkness shook in fear before him. Whatever situation you are going through right now, God is in it. God is not leaving you to fend on your own. God is with you. And sometimes it might feel that God is a million miles away But he's right beside you he's in control and he will break through and bring about victory in whatever your situation is so please do not give up we're coming to celebrate the birth of jesus christ we look at the birth of christ and how many times People, through Jesus' life, they tried to kill him. They tried to stone him. They plotted against him. They spoke against him. They stabbed him in the back uh, verbally. And eventually they put him on a cross, and everything looks like an absolute and utter, total failure. But God is there. God is there, and he raises Jesus from the dead, three days later. The world has a lot it wants to offer us. It really has, especially this Christmas. You see the advertisements? They're massive, very attractive. They have a lot to, to tempt us with in this world. There are a lot of different gods that that we could serve. But who among them? Who among them will you find like Jesus? Who among them all will you find like Jesus Christ? There is none like Christ. And you can invest your life till the very last hour of your life, investing in things in this world, and they don't count for that because they're gone. But only Christ. Christ's grace and Christ's love and Christ's sustenance for you, that is far better than anything this world can ever give or ever will give. Let's pray. Father, in this past year, there have been different situations, Father, in this church. People have gone through different heartaches and heartbreaks and Illness and and bereavement. And Father, this time of year can be very difficult, but Lord, we thank you that you are with them. We thank you, Jesus, that your name means Emmanuel, God with us. And we thank you that you love them. May we know that love, Lord, in our hearts. As Paul says, may we know the height of it, and the width of it and the breadth of it may we know it in our hearts i pray god for those people who are going through difficult times right now may they know your presence even when their circumstances are feeling like you're not there but lord we thank you that you are there and we thank you that your love is there and your faithfulness is there and your strength is there for each of them during this season and Father, we, we thank you for Jesus who walks alongside the boys on the road to Mass. We thank you for Jesus who comes and talks to them and brings them through the scriptures and shows them that God has not abandoned them. And in fact, these are new days of resurrection and life. Lord, we pray, Father, be with us as a family as we celebrate your, the birth of your Son, this Christmas make it tender for us make it real to us make it make it alive to us remind us lord of your love and your kindness and may our hearts just sing out your praises for us, you are worthy for it lord put your hand upon us in Jesus Christ's name amen So we're going to finish our service within Christ alone. may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen.